Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. Once again, you've reached episode number 251, entitled V is for vulnerabilities. It was published on Thursday the 14th of October 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and in a few minutes I'll be joined by my good friend David Wormsley so that we can chat through our A to Z of WordPress. We're finally getting towards the end of the alphabet. In fact, we're very close. V for vulnerabilities. That's coming up next. Before then, just one real bit of housekeeping and that is to say that the Page Builder Summit it's going to be starting next week on Monday at around about midday UK time. We've got our kickoff call in the Facebook group. We've got loads of events organised, loads of presenters, 40 plus presenters. We've got some sessions from the previous summits, plus loads and loads of brand new content as well. You can find it all over at pagebuildersummit.com. It's free to attend if you want to come and watch for the 24 hours after the presentation is put live. You can get it completely free or there's an upgrade called the Power Pack which entitles you to get absolutely everything in perpetuity forever including up to $2,000 of speaker bonuses. It really is, I hope, going to be a very, very nice event. It's running from Monday through to Friday. You can check out the schedule at pagebuildersummit.com forward slash schedule and then go back to the homepage and click the button to sign up pagebuildersummit.com. We hope to see you there. Okay, what have we got on the podcast today? Well, it's me and David talking V for vulnerabilities. Really, this is all about security. All of the different types of things that we might need to be mindful of when we're thinking about WordPress and our website. So is WordPress insecure? Are there any security plugins which we commonly used? Are they worth the money? Are they a bit of a con? What about hosting? And what about having a sensible perspective? Is there some kind of middle ground between paranoia and just being lackadaisical that we need to think about? So we talk about all of that today and it's a really nice episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, it's another A to Z of WordPress, the series where we attempt to cover all major aspects of building and maintaining sites with WordPress. Today is V for vulnerabilities, but I did say the last time we were talking to each other, it was going to be V for virus, but uh, I just decided vulnerabilities was a nicer word. Are they basically the same thing? I think so. I think probably it's better. It's more descriptive, isn't it, of what we're talking about here in WordPress, where virus has got all the connotations of the nasty sort of health stuff. Actually, that's curious because in the talk that we had prior to recording this, it didn't really occur to me that there was any difference. And suddenly I'm thinking, actually, virus is definitely software, whereas vulnerabilities mm. could be anything. I mean, it could be that your data center <laughs> burns to the ground. Or I know that's ridiculous, but that is yeah. a is a point of attack, isn't it? You know, and if, if you're a, a WordPress person like we are, we only have to worry about the code. But I'm guessing yeah. if you're, let's say, working, I don't know, for the FBI or something, you'd have to yeah. literally put a perimeter fence around your data center because there's a vulnerability that's physical as well as software. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Nah, I, I like talking about vulnerabilities with you because our roles get reversed because you're really the optimistic person. And when it comes to things on security, because you listen to podcasts and stuff, you always kind of come up with all the worst things that can happen where I'm just clueless and just feel entirely invincible when it comes to this stuff. I do listen to a podcast each and every week. I confess that for, for reasons... That I can't quite explain. I've I've been dropping a, the occasional one here and there, but I highly recommend. Actually, uh, it's on the Twit network. It's called Security Now, and it's with Leo Laporte and Steve Gibson, and they produce this podcast. It's often a couple of hours every week. They're right up into the sort of eight hundred and somethings episodes, and it's really good. It's it's a it's a really entertaining listen. The guy that uh, introduces it is very engaging. It isn't like you'd imagine really morose but it doesn't cover <laughs> yeah. wordpress specifically although actually it's quite interesting wordpress has crept in quite a lot lately it's obviously reached that 
maturity and saturation of yeah. the marketplace that they feel it's important enough. But usually it's things like Android, um, Windows, uh-huh. Mac OS, iOS, and then networking, cabling, infrastructure, all of that. It's really fascinating, but it is definitely for the people who enjoy this kind of stuff. I wouldn't recommend it if you're not into it. <laughs> is it does it have a kind of entertainment value like uh, murder mysteries are, where you, you just like to look at those kind of nasty stuff well, that people it is really do. interesting. The guy, Steve Gibson, I would say, is very knowledgeable about all this kind of stuff, and he goes really, really in-depth. So whereas we'll cover things from from a very high-op angle and we'll uh, anecdotal stuff, and the, the, the amount that we know is very minimal... He really gets into the weeds and spends sometimes like an hour talking about one individual vulnerability. And so, but he does it in an entertaining way. And he's always shocked and he's really animated. He's incredibly animated when he speaks. So essentially this podcast ought to be called, you know, an advert for the uh, Security Now podcast because that's all that we've managed to do in the first four minutes or so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's start with the basics then. So WordPress is totally insecure, isn't it? And that's what makes it the weakest platform out there. Yeah, this is what all the clients will be told by all of us lot that uh, it's not worth messing about with WordPress. It's a total liability. Um, I wouldn't bother. No, I think it's I think it's really secure. I think the core of WordPress is yeah. is updated all the time and you get these little point releases and usually it's a it's a secure well often it's a security patch and that goes with almost no fanfare it just happens and usually it will update mm. itself automatically and you'll notice 2 3 4 5 whatever the amount is little modifications where people have phoned in something that they've discovered and they've updated WordPress core and then occasionally mm. you'll get the, the the sort of out of bounds release where it's suddenly done very very quickly, perhaps within a day or two of being announced, because something has 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 really taken the eye of the the core team, and they think actually this needs to happen really really quickly. My understanding, again, caveat emptor, neither David or I are experts at this. My understanding is that WordPress core itself is pretty darn good. Yeah, I think because it's got so many eyeballs on it, and I've never ever heard of anybody who's been hacked because of WordPress core. It's always been associated with a plugin and that's where our vulnerabilities come in. The more stuff we add from various different sources, that's where our problem yeah, is. There was that but, but that, So how does it have the reputation of being incredibly insecure? Is it just that it's the biggest attack surface? And so, you know, if you, if you compare like the amount of attacks uh, against Drupal as opposed to WordPress, it may be that they receive the same amount yeah. per user, but WordPress's user base is so much bigger. Exactly. And there was that article which, uh, which talked about some data that actually comes from Securi, who look after other uh, open source software. And they, they put it that this is going back to 2018, 90% of the hacks were WordPress, but, you know... Th- that that is pretty much going to be the market share amongst all of those open source communities like Magento, Joomla, Drupal, and et cetera. So we don't hear so much about the the third-party proprietary software, things like Wix and Squarespace and Shopify in terms of vulnerabilities. I guess they can keep everything under their hat. I don't know what their posture is in terms of being open and honest if there is a vulnerability, whether they produce a blog post or they have some sort of timeline of when things were updated i honestly don't know but they they have the capacity of keeping it under their lid if they wish to whereas obviously in wordpress especially the open source variant you you have to release that stuff into the wild make it publicly available as a as a mechanism of advertising well it's time to update ladies and gentlemen this is important go and do it now yeah, I do remember there was one on Wix um, quite a few years back, um, and you know that was expected to affect millions of people. But it was kind of—I I really didn't remember that. And there was something I've just found more recently on Shopify, where they they were disclosing a security incident caused by two rogue employees. Wow! And you know it's something that involved the FBI in this. So wow. you know, um, but yeah, I guess they can keep you know, small things under wraps where, you know, we are public and open and everyone can look at the code and, and 
and as you say there were more people there it's the same with the windows and the the kind of apple mac argument isn't it you know yeah windows people like me always say well it, it, it maybe it does have you know it's more more security problems but there are more of us yeah that's right the other the other thing to say i suppose is that let's say for example in the case of uh the wix problem that you just highlighted with mm. one fix they'll yeah. fix everybody <laughs> yeah so you know let's say that they get their team up and running and within half a day or a day what have you they've managed to deploy a fix presumably that fix is available to everybody and everybody is from that moment on no longer vulnerable to that one thing whereas the wordpress model is is so much more difficult it's got to be trickled out to the media maybe a plugin or the core has to be updated people's websites need to be updated people need to be managing the updates successfully and so on and uh, i guess all of this was why non-point releases are usually mm. happening automatically you don't really get a choice yeah. in that it just updates and you'll probably get an email to say you've been updated and there'll be some sort of information on the inside um but yeah much more difficult in our case and so maybe the maybe the vulnerabilities get a few extra minutes weeks days i don't know of time to be exploitable because if you manage mm. to get a plugin hack on wordpress or indeed you get a wordpress core hack there's going to be a window of opportunity which is greater in time than than the Wix one. I guess it's the it's the whole open source versus SaaS model, isn't it? The arguments for and against. Yeah, the, it was only what a year ago, maybe two years ago, when we could automatically update our plugins in WordPress. I wonder if that's going to have a knock-on effect. So this article I was looking at goes back to 2018. I wonder if that will change things, the fact that we can now set all our plugins to automatically update. Well, that's interesting. Let's just go on that one for a minute. Do you mm. use that feature, um, the core feature of, you know, the WordPress version of automatic updates, where you go into the plugins and at mm. the right of the table of plugins listed is an option, and mm. individually you can go and enable auto-update. Do you make use of that? I do now a mm. bit, but, okay. but mostly I don't need to because of the fact that I'm using main WP right. to update right. all the client sites. But on some of these test sites that I've got where I didn't want to connect them up as well because I don't know how long they're going to be around, I now go in there and do it. I tell you what I forget, though. I forget to go in and do the themes oh, <laughs> because I'm yeah, in a separate place. To, that's right. You have to go. There's there's little tabs across the top, isn't there? There's, there's uh, themes, plugins, core uh wordpress mm, core actually yeah. comes first and then also at the end i think there's a list of uh out of date plugins or something like that where it highlights oh. ones that haven't been updated for a while but yeah you have to notice the themes i i always click on the updates in the left sidebar menu of main wp and that takes me directly to the plugins that need updating because they are invariably the more frequent updates required and yeah you're right you have to notice but they do a pretty good job of surfacing it you know it's a great big red sort of icon it's mm. not flashing or anything but it's fairly obvious but um but in, yeah you're right in, in wordpress core itself though you don't you have to go to three different places to to update everything so you need to go into your themes to update the individual themes one by one then well the plugins no you could plugins. click on the you could go to wordpress and hover over um the site name and click updates over there ah. and you've got the one screen for them all but they're all listed beneath each other aren't they you've got the core the ah, right. plugins and then themes but yeah typically i would end up in the plugins area and then i would go through and update them sort of more or less one at a time uh, and do it yeah. that way but yeah there there is a mechanism it's, it's not ideal is it there's i do i do feel though that on balance if you're not logging into wordpress every day or you haven't got a system for yeah. updating every day like you know let's say you've got your own website and you infrequently visit it i think the benefit of clicking auto update on all the things you've got in, uh, installed outweighs the the sort of the caution that you might have uh, in other words i think get everything yeah. updated just in case something really nasty comes along there's a security vulnerability in a plugin and you've had it sitting there for six weeks um happily being abused where you could have <laughs> had it updated six weeks ago and you'd do nothing to to achieve that of course 
I, I really think those days of the white screen of death and all of the fear of updating things, it feels like if you're using reputable plugins, a lot of that is in the past. Clearly, it's not over, and it does happen. But I think it's worth the, I think it's worth the risk. I agree. I've changed a lot on that because, well, mostly I've got trusted plugins anyway, and I just trust them to update. And there's not the exception used to be um, WooCommerce with that. I wasn't sure about their updates and because of the nature of those sites, you know, what damage that might do. So I wanted to check them rather than have it automatically happen during the night or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise I, I agree because very rarely does anything break. And also, you know, you get notified as well and get a safe way of being able to return back to WordPress. So I think, yeah. When was the last better. time you had a plugin update or a theme, whichever you pick, where it caused you a, a, a real catastrophe where you updated something and the site properly died and you had to go and restore from a backup or something? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, that, time. so that, there you go. That's that's all we needed to know really, isn't it? It was a long time, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing. It wasn't like a week ago or two weeks ago. I feel like at the beginning, if we'd have rewound 10 years or something, this this would have been a cause for concern. And I think more things did break, but I, I, I'm just imagining that the people who write plugins and the people who write themes, are, are just there's just more information out there about how to do it correctly, such yeah. that things don't break because they're obeying WordPress standards more. Yeah, I, I think it's more important now as, as WordPress has grown and there's more people who are DIY in their business sites. And it's like the expectation is set by the likes of Wix, Squarespace and Shopify. And, you know, presumably this is what this whole Gutenberg project is about, bringing it in line with these new expectations that we have. But I wonder, you know, when it comes to security, how many people differentiate the difference between suddenly self-hosted WordPress and the responsibilities you have. And also, we were talking about this, we didn't really know what happens with WordPress.com either, who's responsible there when you have a security issue. Yeah, we really don't have a clue, do we, whether the the possible upgrades on WP.com, if you go to, well, yeah. Jetpack, you can pay a small amount of dollars. I think it's like four or five pounds per month, something like that. Um, mm. And you can pay to upgrade to have scans done. But that then made me think, well, then who's who's fixing that? Should the scan reveal a problem? I, I genuinely don't know. No, well, I think the Jetpack thing has got this kind of one-click fix thing with it. So it's kind of like oh, Malcare, as I understand it. Okay. But I've not used it, so... But I think that's what you're paying for, so it takes care of it. But ultimately, I mean, if it can't one-click fix it, I, I'm assuming it's the same deal. They are, you know, WordPress.com are just a hosting company for you then, and then you will have to have responsibility for your own software that you've introduced because they, they couldn't possibly take that responsibility, could yeah, they? Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe there's somebody out there who's a big WP.com user and they could... They could let us know. Yeah, it's curious, though, that you've got main WP and are, and are hitting that site on a more or less daily basis, if memory serves, and yet you've mm. still decided to to go in and enable the auto-updates. Is that is that just so that you've got less to do, or is it you, you when when you started to tick those boxes and enable auto-updates, was, was the thinking that there might be a day where you miss updating on main WP where something could go wrong, uh. or is it more just well it's there it's in core i might as well use it as opposed to a third party connection coming in no i just wasn't clear explaining myself what i've done is i've really only ticked the auto updates on the sites that i'm not putting into main wp so got it the i haven't done it on the client sites where i still want to do that because we're doing it daily yeah you know i might as well just carry on but i, I am considering now because really nothing has happened on my other sites the my test sites that I think, well, why am I bothering? Why are we going in there manually and clicking, you know? Yeah. There's, yeah. Only, there's, there's only a couple of sites where, you know, that they might be more important where I might still feel like I need to be the person doing it, or rather my wife. Yeah, is. I see. Yes, you've given her the, the lovely job of <laughs> updating. You get, to, you get to blame somebody else if the, uh, exactly. the updates go wrong. You were the one that clicked the button. It was fine three minutes ago. Um so where do all these vulnerabilities, how do they get in then? We could probably start with the the repository, maybe, the WordPress repository. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I think a lot of this is about finding who's responsible, isn't it? I mean, so that's the question. Is it the role of the repository to kind of protect us against dodgy software that might go in there? And I think we already know the answer. It's probably not. It's impossible for them to do it, yeah? The It, it feels like if I'm going to... Okay, so this just comes from my British consumer law head that I've got <laughs> screwed on where you know you go into a shop and if something is purchased from that shop and that that might even be the word purchase might be wrong you know if I get something from a shop even if it's for free there's some kind of consumer law wrapped up in that where I I expect it to be as 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 described and it shouldn't be broken and it certainly shouldn't harm me you know it shouldn't be electrocuting me if I've bought a a CD player or something like that. I should expect it to be functioning and harmless. And yeah. so that's kind of the expectation I would wander into the WordPress repository with. I would kind of expect that, well, look, it's it's a shop of sorts. I can download things to make my WordPress site better. And, oh, look, and some of these sites, some of these plugins that I'm downloading, they're clearly businesses because I can upgrade. So they, they must be, you know, they, there must be some sort of model for them gaining revenue. This is all, this is commerce, isn't it? I'm getting something from here. So I feel that most people would have an expectation that anything off the repository would be thoroughly scanned, tested, cleaned on a regular basis. And I'm sure that isn't how it works. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's a really good point. And I think increasingly so that will be the expectation. Um, because, you know, WordPress is marketed against other commercial solutions and people will go with that expectation. Uh, but I, I guess I go back still to the early days when it was still considered a blogging platform and an open source community where everybody was contributing freely to that. No one, you know, owned it like we feel perhaps they do more now but and that expectation was never there in the first place so I still carry that one you know where it's really just free stuff that people are sharing they put it up there in this one place where you can grab it and play around with it and use it as you like it's GPL have a play you know yeah not that ex not that consumer um, expectation has never been with me so but I think yeah it's interesting times now I'm curious actually because in in the real world, certainly in yeah. the country that I live in, the United Kingdom, and I know the case would be tr true for probably most of Western Europe, and I'm guessing North America and Australia and so on, but I don't know about different parts of the world. We, we have this incredible culture of warning everybody about every possible thing, you know, to prevent litigation. <laughs> so if I go into the supermarket... Yeah. And there's even a slight hint that the floor might still be wet from somebody cleaning up half an hour ago. They put some sort of barrier up to prevent me, or at least to visually warn me that, caveat emptor, if you go down this aisle, there is a high risk of slipping and death. And <laughs> and so you don't, I don't know on the repository because I don't really go in there too much. Do, do they have those caveats? Do they put up warnings oh, about can't. download, you know, user buyer beware? I really don't know. I'm simply not. I mean, most people are going to install, you know, the one-click get WordPress with their hosting, and then they're going to go to the repository via their install, and there's just nothing that prevents you installing anything that's there. And I guess we have to be a little bit on the other side as well in that not everything is let into the repository. There has to be yeah. sort of checks and balances and, you know, it's, you can't just rock up with a bit of code and shove it on the repository and, hey, I've written hacker, <laughs> hacker plugin uh, and I'm going to get it out to millions of people. It's not quite as straightforward as that. But I'm, I'm not entirely sure what kind of automations are going on there, what, yeah. how often that automation is updated, how things are processed by real humans with real skills if there are concerns or people flag... Uh, a plugin as well accidentally or deliberately cause of vulnerabilities i'm not entirely sure how that works but we know that there are checks and balances because there's a you've got a lovely 
story here mm-hmm. about a plugin which was recently just totally pulled. So there must be something going on. Yeah, we've just been watching that on MotoPress. They had m- most of their plugins were not made available on the WordPress.org site temporarily from the the 20th of um, September. And <laughs> now we can see at least one of these is now, which is get uh, wid which is one of the blocks. It's now permanently, it's, ch- it's changed its ban. But we don't know because they've uh, countered this. They, we think the ban might be due to what they're saying about they were accused of creating false profiles and, and reviews with that. But there's also the other conspiracy side of it is that they were also flagged up as having a vulnerability by uh, another site, which is called pluginvulnerabilities.com. But interestingly enough, they revealed the hack on that. And they're also another uh, plugin developer who's been banned from life from the WordPress repository for revealing premature insecurities. So no one really knows at the moment whether that's to do with the security side of this or whether it's something else. But it's it's interesting that, well, people are doing work there, aren't they, to to kind of see what's going on in the repository. Yeah, so that, that's the, the basic takeaway, isn't it? Is that despite yeah. the fact that in that particular case, we, we really, we spent a good 15 minutes trying to dig into that and we came up blank, didn't we? We really didn't get to the bottom of what was going on there. But something has happened and the plugin has been removed. And I, I don't know what the history of that is, whether plugins constantly go in and out of being available on the repository when a vulnerability is identified. I'm not entirely sure, but I have I have memories of plugins being temporarily taken yeah. off the repository because there's something has been discovered, and then you know period of time goes by and it's fixed, and I guess all the checks and balances are done. And whether that's done by a, a human or more software, I'm not sure, but they, they pop up again because everything's straight. So you've got to hope that to some extent. There's a there's a level of security in there. Yeah, it's been quite a debatable topic because when they have banned plugins, they can't update them. So yeah, the difficult. argument against the repository is that they're preventing people being able to put out those security patches mm. during that time. Mm. And there's no there's no system, is there, to tell somebody that. So once this plugin's gone, if you are using this MotoPress plugin as a user, you're just not going to get more updates, but you don't know what happened unless you actually went to the repository and looked at the notification, which is unlikely to happen with the average user. Although not a vulnerability, memory serves that Astra, the theme, was pulled. This is probably going back about 18 Mm. months or so, and it was nothing to do with a vulnerability. It was more to do Mm. with... Um, adding in affiliate links, if I believe. And I can't remember yeah. the... Anyway, the, the point being that Astra was really popular. And d- didn't didn't the repository sort of walk back their ban? Because it was supposed to be for a period yeah. of time. Let's say it was a month or six weeks or something like that. They walked, they walked it back and made it available again, if memory serves, because they realized yeah. that the install base really did need to receive updates during that period. Do you, do you have a recollection of that? Yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right on that. They changed it. So instead, their ban, I think, was something on the it was the promotion side because you get rewarded, don't you, for the, the more installs you have. So they were kind of, they dropped down on the popularity list. So that was their punishment. So the, that was it. Yeah, they changed the, the punishment from a total ban on the repository to being not surfaced. You, It wasn't yeah. made available in search or or in the, you know, the, the popular plugins or themes section of the repository uh, that i wonder if that's still the case i wonder if they changed the policy on that i don't recall yeah i mean i guess the thing is with the repository it isn't up to them it's up to us to do our own checks and balances and one thing that crossed my mind even though i've used motopress plugin actually and it was perfectly fine i have no clue who they are so you know if they were banned for life I, don't, I guess most people wouldn't know who they are. They could just pop up as somebody else next week with some new plugins. Well, that's a really good point, and it's a big red flag for you, isn't it? If you don't know yeah. the credentials of a particular company and you can't read an About Us page, which looks authentic and has a backstory, you're you're always a bit on the suspicious side, which I learned from you. I think that's a really good way of operating. It's just occurred to me as well is that whilst we're talking about WordPress vulnerabilities, we, we have got ourselves into 
especially with things like care plans, we've got ourselves into a, a nice position where we can sell the benefits of WordPress because it's extensible. There's mm. 10 gazillion plugins and it can do everything. And, you know, if you get fed up with me as a developer, you can go to somebody else in the town who can fix things for you. You know, you're not locked in by anything. There's no one point of failure. But at the same time, we also get to sell. The, mm. If In a way, we get to sell the weaknesses of WordPress as yeah. a method of generating revenue because all sites are vulnerable all the time. We've got to be mindful of this. And so come on to our care plan. We'll manage the yeah. backups. We'll manage the updates. And so it's a sort of, it's a mixed blessing. On the one hand, we don't want there to be vulnerabilities. On the other hand, I would imagine that a lot of us are making money off the fact of its existence. Yeah, but I, I, I wonder, I, I've only got the clients I know to go by, but I don't feel it touches them any longer. I really put that to the back, really. It's just that I'm going to, hosting is what I concentrate on because yeah. that's provided as well rather than the care. Because I've tried all of that. I guess, you know, following other people, it's it's a great way of, you know, you know feeding off the fear there uh, is good. It works for insurance companies. But I've kind of pushed that to the back because I just don't, I, I honestly feel with our clients, it's almost a turn off if I start to concentrate on that. That's a really interesting point. I've got, yeah. to, got to ask you another follow-up question in that case. Have you ever had a client who has had a problem and then totally assumed that you were in charge of the security of their website, e even though you didn't address that. Ha! Huh. Do you know what? No, because uh, I actually have. I've, I've had a problem oh. where I, I deliberately didn't get into the conversation of that. Uh, they didn't want the care plan at the level that I was offering, but I did, yeah. you know, you, you live and learn. I did do the hosting side of things. This was in the mm. days when I had my own servers and they, they did get hacked. This was a long time ago, and it actually wasn't anything to do with WordPress. It was on a Drupal site, and they they totally were forthright in in believing that because I was hosting the site, I was also responsible for updating the site and maintaining the site and fixing the site if anything were to go wrong. So they'd conflated hosting with managing, and I'm sure mm. that most of us now probably aren't making that basic mistake and a drawing a comparison between two you know hosting is not the same thing as securing or maintaining or backing up or restoring or fixing so yeah, yeah there we go no it's a really good point and i i don't think that is clear to anyone well we're, we're probably going to talk later about the fact that we think it might be the hosting company's job so yeah you were at fault then you should have paid them millions that's right yes <laughs> thankfully it was easy to fix and i just i, I just sort of thought do you know what they I think it was unclear. The fault lay with me. And, you know, when the whole care plan thing started, like a decade ago or something, I, it was prior to that, so I really hadn't got my posture figured out. I hadn't got my my thoughts yeah. around this figured. And But now much more clear that really... If you if you if you come in any way to on a recurring thing, then the yeah. system would have been from from now on that that involves everything. If the hosting is done, then I'm also doing the backups, but it's not just hosting ever again. Yeah, exactly the same with me. I mean, once I started that, I thought they they can't really. I'm selling hosting because that's what they understand, and that the care is something that I try to you know. So it's in a way I'm selling them an upgraded hosting experience because I think that's the only thing that my clients can really understand. So they have to be in the package and then they're going to get those daily updates. And so far with the people I've managed, I've never had an issue and I hope it stays that way. But with the people before they came on the plan, when they had the choice and they self-managed, none of those. And I've had, I think seven of those sites have come that have been hacked just because they haven't updated their plugins. I fixed it for them and charged them for it. And they've never looked to me as, to blame me which has been nice yeah that's that yeah you've obviously got a nice relationship okay let's let's draw a, a distinction here then so if i'm selling a care plan and i do i offer them hosting they're looking to me in a way as the host i mean it may be that i reveal that i'm using x company or y company but i might not i might just tell them that i'm taking care of the hosting it's all bundled in 
who who's responsible on the hosting side? Do you think do you think that there's any responsibility to be borne by the hosting company at all? Is it uh is it a product of how much you pay? In other words, if you're paying a very cheap um, hosting monthly bill, does mm. the host bear any responsibility for this at all? Or is it all for the sort of more expensive managed WordPress hosting? I mean, maybe utter neglect would come into it. I don't know, but I'm just curious on your thoughts about that. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to get to the bottom of this, really, when you've got a problem. Because So I, I think it's not the hosting companies, whoever they are, responsibility, if you're the person installing the vulnerable software on their servers. Okay. It can't be, can it? And so I think that way, but... Uh, again, uh, it, it is possible. Certainly it was in the very early days of shared hosting when there was no partitioning for you to be infected by one of their other customers' sites. But you're never going to get to the bottom of it, are you? And I, <laughs> I would imagine that on that level, although this is nothing to do with WordPress, we're talking about you know the, the operating system Linux and the kernel and all that, and, yeah. and isolation... I would imagine that all of that is under review. You know, if you're a hosting company, you've probably just got to maintain your OS and make sure that yeah. the implementation that you've got for isolating one site from another is actually working. Feels like they've got that nailed down now, but I could be wrong. It may be that there are critical things happening in the Linux space all the time, which are putting that in jeopardy. And that, yeah. that I feel, would now belong in the domain of the hosting company. You know, if I was infected by another site on some shared hosting. I know shared hosting, we talk it down all the time, but this is what a lot of people use. I, I yeah. kind of feel that now that's on them, not on me. But if, if it's from a plugin, it's on me, not on them. Yeah, but I just think, you know, with, um, I mean, we're not experts. How you, uh, I guess you would need expertise to come in to actually pin down whether it was the hosting company yeah. or not. But yeah. would it ever be worth the... Uh, <laughs> the expense of doing that um i don't know it's, it's an interesting one but i just it does seem to me it's going to be impossible for those cheap uh shared hosting services that are offering for three dollars a month or something to host your site to for that type of client who's going to be very similar to the ones who feel they could self-manage uh, wordpress the sites that i built they're not going to update their plugins and uh it it would be seems too much to expect from the hosting companies to have to take on that responsibility. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but it, we were talking about, you know, other examples like Kingster's very popular with, you know, people who build sites um, and they've got a good reputation. But we're thinking, I'm sure they would take care of you for sure, but they probably got really great customers who are going to do most of the work themselves because they're expensive and they're generally, you know, it's something recommended amongst professionals. Is is there a price point? I don't know what this price point is. I'm just throwing it out there. Is there a price point at which you think this is now totally not my responsibility? I can do anything I like to this site and I fully <laughs> expect it to be, you know, obviously not beyond the realms of stupidity, you know, mistakes I'm talking about. But I can go in and install any old plugin, any old theme, anything I like yeah. and... For the money that I'm paying you, I expect I expect you to jump up and fix it if anything goes wrong. I wonder if is that a reasonable yeah. expectation? I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, this security um, solution that I use because it was a great lifetime deal I got is VirusDie, and this is you know software. It, it it's not limited to WordPress, and you install it on your server, and it will scan your install. Um, but they started off as as providing the scanning service for hosting companies, the, the Russian company, right. and they did it for the biggest Rush and hosts. So they must have been scanning, those hosts must have been scanning individual sites on their server. So, yeah, maybe it should be hosting companies doing that. And I feel that with the advent of managed WordPress hosting, that feels like an offer that they're making. I haven't read the terms and conditions of more or less any mm. of them, but it feels like that's the offer. You know, you're paying us a, a really decent amount of money each month. And in most cases, that will be a decent profit for us. But every once in a while, 
we're going to end up, um, you know, digging into that barrel of money that you've given us because we're going to have to dedicate two or three hours of somebody's time, who's probably on a decent wage, you would have thought, to get in there and fix the problems that have been found in one, two, ten, a thousand, I don't know, websites. And mm. and I'm, I'm feeling that with the managed WordPress hosting, that feels like the offer that I would expect. I, I would want to be able to get on support, get on their chat, whatever it is, and say, look, this is this is a problem that I've got. I've got a white screen, whatever. And yeah. I would like you to take a look, please, and get back to me when it's sorted and tell me what the problems were. Oh, you've convinced me, actually. This should be the hosting companies. In fact, Virusty, interestingly enough, um, I think providing something so you can scan all, instead of after individually loading some files for each site, you can put it on your server and scan the whole thing. So, you know, as they did for hosting companies before. Yeah. So you would think they should have that system that would look out for vulnerabilities on your behalf. But then we get to the question then, which I've often asked myself, aren't security plugins for WordPress just a big con well the okay so this is a really interesting <laughs> idea so do you just want to lay out why they could be well, yeah i mean i i i think well there are certainly people who don't believe that you really need these if you harden up your wordpress install people like jeff star who's he's got a couple of lightweight plugins that help you block block <laughs> let me say this properly block bad bots and um and that's pretty much all he would say you need so all the other stuff the scanning that we do i feel i need it because i need to be accountable to clients and the firewall which should be done really by the hosting company i feel again i need to be uh, showing that something is going on and i can produce reports from the stuff that my um, uh, own firewall is doing. I'm doing it for my protection, but otherwise, if I harden up and I update my plugins, surely that's as secure as it's going to be, really, uh, or needs to be. Uh, you see, yeah, that's an interesting argument. So he's got that black hole for bad bots, I believe it's called plugin, which yeah. really is extremely lightweight and quite an interesting one. And yeah, so in that situation, the description that you're offering there, if you have a uh, a very low traffic site, perhaps, or something that's not particularly critical. You're suggesting that lay lay off the 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 plugins, except some basic hardening. In other words, you set it up, you harden it, and then you kind of leave it alone. You're not doing scans. You're not actively put, putting up some defenses like a firewall or something like that. You're just setting yeah. everything up, hardening things. Then that's the posture that you've got. And yep. from there, you can then, if you like, produce some sort of insurance document to say, well, I did this. This is what I did. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, from my point of view, if my site was hacked, there would be a, there would be an interesting discussion to be had there about, well, what about what about a firewall? Do you not have a I mean, goodness knows whether your client didn't know about <laughs> this, but didn't you weren't you carrying out regular malware scans a little bit like I do on my PC each day? And uh, you'd probably end up in that discussion. But I can totally see why that might be the most economic way of doing it. Again, I suppose it comes back to what discussion you've had with your clients. And if you've told them that this is what you're going to do, and if they want to do the more complicated solution, the firewall and so on, that's going to be a yeah. little bit extra because there's a fee involved. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my plugins now, I mean... Perhaps in the early days when I started with WordPress and had no idea of security at all, a lot of the plugins that are out there would be very useful. Now they make no sense to me. So things like iTheme Security, which does a lot of that tick box hardening of your WordPress site, would have made and did make a lot of sense when I started. Now I just think, well, why do I want this plugin to do this? I should just set up my install correctly in the first place. And again, you know, is this who does that job? It, it should be us, I guess, shouldn't it, as people who build the sites? But yeah. it's never clear cut. Yeah, it's interesting though. So, that, that, but that is a reasonable posture to take. I think it is fair mm. to say. Well, I'm going to harden it. I'm going to do deploy this plugin. Here you go. Find the details. Yeah. Read up about it. This is what it's, it's going to be, and uh, and that'll do a certain amount. But beyond that, you could go extra. Do you actually use any of the the more widely known? 
firewall type plugins, so things like Patch Stack and WordFence and what have you? No, I guess the closest I've got is that uh, this is belt and braces kind of thing, really, because I have Virus Die on doing some scans, but I also use Malcare as well, and that has its own firewall and uh, we'll do scans so it's a little bit over the top with two solutions i think mm. so part of me is with this kind of just star approach and there are others out there have done articles how you can secure wordpress without using plugins but i still end up ended up going the the complete opposite to what i really think and um it's just my protection because i feel responsible for the clients and at least i'd be able to look at the log on my own firewall where if i trust a hosting company i won't get access to that it's just occurred to me how difficult the the sales proposition for security solutions in wordpress is because yeah. you know if you go into these plugins there are so many options and yeah. they are very difficult to understand unless you really spend the time reading it and very often even reading it doesn't help you read it and you think i'm still <laughs> completely confused i really don't know what that's doing and so plugins, WordFence, and so on, trying to sell to yeah. end users must be really difficult to explain how it works. You know, they, uh, and, and I know they sort of have their wizards where, here you go, here's the basic novice settings. Just click, click, click install, click a few buttons, you're done. That's your basic setup. But if you want to go into anything more de in, in more depth, then yeah. that really is the job of an expert. And even, yeah. even a jobbing WordPress um, website builder, an implementer, if you like, will be struggling to actually, I'm sure, honestly explain what all of the settings do and what's what's involved when they when they tick a certain box. Yeah, I mean, setting up WordFence is really uh, quite confusing for the first time. Most popular plugin in security in, in WordPress is something I still recommend to a lot of people, even though they're on shared hosting, and even though it really is quite demanding on the server, just because. Uh, if they're going it alone and they might forget to update their plugins or whatever, it's going to let them know if they have got an issue. And that's been the issue with some of the ex-clients. They've had really, you know, clever hacks where they just don't know they've been hacked, but they're sending off their visitors to some other dodgy site or something like that. So, yeah, so I end up telling other people install something that I know is quite heavy and quite complex just because it might let them know where some of the other um, security plugins that are out there really are just about hardening and they won't really let you know whether you've got an issue or not. And sometimes the, the communication that you get from the plugin, you know, you may end up believing that everything, the sky is falling in, there's a total crisis, <laughs> yeah. I've got a notification from X plugin. And actually, it's just saying, well, you recently updated something and we noticed that there was a file change. Well, yes, of course, there was a file change. I just updated things. But you get this constant stream of emails telling you that files have changed. Oh, is this bad? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you've got those emails coming into the, 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 the actual owner, if you like, of the site, that could be a bit of a thorn in their side. It creates some anxiety when it didn't need to be there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the whole industry now, because we've got so many options available, that, which is true of WordPress generally, I mean, but we've got more security options, more dedicated firewalls, as you was mentioning, that didn't used to be a thing before. I never heard of that. It's now there's quite a few choices there for that kind of thing. And, um, and that's bringing its own fear as well, isn't it? Because each of these new security plugins or firewalls are doing their reports on vulnerabilities and generally you know the same way that we might do with clients um the generating business by feeding off our fear of vulnerabilities yeah i love the word firewall it's just such a what, what even is that what is, what is it why firewall of all things is it, is it something it, the idea that you've already burnt the ground in front of you so it can't be reburned or something I don't, it sounds, sounds like a challenge. There's a wall of fire for me to go through. Hey, I can jump through that. I remember <laughs> the first time I ever heard that word, and I can't even remember the context, but I remember thinking, that's just such mumbo-jumbo. Just, just, can we have a better word, please? But we've got it. It's fire. It's firewall. Can I just move this on a little bit? And I'm, I'm going mm. to ask, um, what, what on earth, why do we even need to protect ourselves? What on earth is the point of people creating vulnerabilities like what yeah. uh, possible yeah. so 
these sites, they're always under attack. We're told that, you know, we can see that there are bots going all over the internet trying to do things. We know this is happening. Why is it happening? <laughs> Why is there so many mean people That's in the right. world? Can't we just, can't, wouldn't that be better? Can't we have like, you know, d- decent, decent people throughout the earth and then we don't have to worry about this? No, no, seriously, it's a, it's a legitimate question. Yeah. Why, why, I mean, I remember in the day when vulnerabilities began, you know, software for your Windows computer would get infected and so we got, um, plugins you know to defend against not plugins you got software that you could install to defend against that and that became a billion dollar industry and then Mm. it kind of moved over to the online stuff and it felt like in the beginning it was just about showing off it was just about being able to deface things you could you could put your tag on somebody's important homepage. you know imagine the kudos if you're into computers if you took down let's say nasa and you could put your tag all over the NASA homepage. It's a big deal. But that yeah. obviously, it didn't stay that way. Yeah. I think those, I mean, I would say the hacks that I've encountered must be, is it uh, script kiddies, they call That's them? That's right, the script kind of kiddies, people yeah. who just the, the ones who know about existing vulnerabilities and, they're, you know, once they're exposed, they're shown how you can do it yourself. And I guess they that's like a little club, isn't it? They're the ones you're talking about that they just want to show off to their friends that they've managed to do it on these sites. So, but yeah, the other stuff, which I really don't know about or have any experience of, maybe it's even happening on sites and I'm unaware, but the stuff that you probably know more about with the crypto mining and data scraping stuff. Well, I mean, it's this is just such a, a bizarre yet very interesting uh, area of development. Let's say that you... You know, if you know how Bitcoin is created, if you like, you just need to essentially have a lot of computers doing a lot of boring but difficult maths Mm. in order to get a row of zeros. And if you get a row of zeros, you get loads of Bitcoin and you get rich. And But you need loads of computer power to do that. So why not steal it off website servers? And so, you know, this kind of came along, hacking websites to take control just to sit in the background and consume your resources. Uh, that's a thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's still a thing. I don't know if those days have gone or whether the hosting companies have really wised up to that. I, don't, I certainly don't hear about that quite so much anymore. But now it feels to me as if the money is in the data. The damage mm. can be done by taking the data. You know, you, you could in some way scrape the data from an e-commerce store and use that in some other way to get access in the real world you know you connect the dots and phone somebody up and somehow convince a mobile phone company that you are somebody else and get their sim swapped out and all of this kind of stuff and so there's that and then i also think just Mm. reputational damage you know it may be that dare i say it you would you nefarious company a Mm. want to destroy the reputation of good company b and so you hire a bunch of hackers just to do them reputational damage, just to put some incendiary stuff on their website, stuff that is inflammatory, politically incorrect, or just plain yeah. rude, and do reputational damage in that way. I feel that's kind of like the vanguard of where we're at at the minute. No longer about defacing or mining, more about scraping data for use elsewhere or just destroying the, the, the reputation of somebody else. Have you heard of any sort of cases of reputational damage where, the, you know, they've actually found company B has been attacking company A? Do you know what? I want to say yes, but I cannot bring anything to the top of my head. So I'm going to say no. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard stories about that, but I, I honestly can't. But um, I've s- yeah, obviously, that's, certainly- that, that is in the, you know, that's totally... Uh, you know, that really is real world illegal, isn't it? You can actually see the result of that. Whereas I think the Bitcoin mining type of stuff and the data scraping is uh, is a little bit less obvious. You're going to be all, all of that's yeah. going to be conducted in the background and hopefully never get caught. But if you're actually posting mean stuff, the finger is definitely going to be pointing at your competitors straight away, isn't it? 
Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I certainly, I mean, I've heard of one case and you'd have heard the same one where a competitor was trying to bring the site down really just by, you know, repeated login attempts ah, yes. and that kind of stuff. That, But that kind of seems like, you know, just all good fun and japes, really. Well, <laughs> compared yeah, to... unless you're the site. That... Yeah, they, and that's another one, of course, isn't it, is denial of service. I'd forgotten to include that. Is yes. just, yeah. that, that's not really attack an attack on WordPress as such, is it? It's just attack on the, yeah. the network infrastructure and hoping to flood it to the point where your websites won't work so it's kind of out of bounds for this discussion a bit but yeah that's also something yeah so um um should we just talk about what's a sensible perspective for this then okay. so because we can't even decide whether plugins are responsible the wordpress repository or hosting so um where do we draw our own lines don't get involved with anything online <laughs> just stay away from the internet at any in any way that you possibly can and you'll be really safe from hackers i promise yeah. you if you never use the internet you won't ever suffer at the hands of a hacker that is a cast iron guarantee <laughs> i don't know for me no i don't feel very worried about the sites now because most of the stuff that i deal with doesn't it doesn't contain a lot of data that's of value right so there's that, right. um, so that helps me have a better perspective on it. Uh, most of the sites can be restored with a backup. So if I'm in a fix, that's a good thing. So I, I, most of the time, I think I just stay out of stuff which has too much responsibility. We've talked about this with um, WooCommerce. I, I feel the weight of the, the shop that I have to manage you know, because that has got people's data on it. Yeah, yeah, th this is, and that that is a really good point. And uh, I don't get involved in e-commerce at all anymore, but I'm just like you, kind of know the vendors that you're getting your plugins from and yes. find out that they are reputable and that they fix stuff in a timely way and they're updating and so on. Uh, update your yeah. stuff regularly. In my yeah. case, keep WordPress updated and, as I said, all the, the plugins, get some backups. And mm. that's kind of where I'm at, really. It's Oh, and I think GDPR did teach us about possibly destroying data that you really don't need to have hanging around on your server as well. So any forms that come in, I'm pretty sure mm. that this is true. I know that the plugin that I use, the two that I use, allow you to just expunge the data um probably recommend yeah. to do that then there's just less stuff for people to get should you be the recipient of a successful attack yeah i cleared up a lot of the data due to that and that, that's a great thing that happened with all the plugins on there do you take much notice you mentioned this that uh you know to get information there are lots of updates you can get from iThemes, wp scan patch stack etc do you uh, do you take a look at that when you're thinking about plugins? Do you look at their history? I, yeah, it's interesting. I I look at those, but I feel that I'm in a bit of a quirky position. I look at those things really regularly when they come out, mm -hmm. but purely, I think, because I'm just doing the, the Monday news thing. So I want to see if there's anything standing uh, out. But yeah. I, I honestly don't think I would be looking at that. I was curious because when we before we hit record, we did talk about whether those are some sort of advertising material for security yeah. plugins you know if the more yeah. the more harmful things happening each week the more of a posture you've got selling your security plugin uh, out into yeah. the masses because look there are 7000 vulnerabilities this year this is very important yeah. we must it's up from 5000 the previous year we must uh, you know we must get our our security posture in order but I, I do read them, but I don't I can't I can't get into the weeds of it because I a I don't understand it and I, I just don't have the time to do that. I'm I'm just hoping that people who are in a position to understand it are reading it and taking note on my behalf and updating things in their own plugins and what have you. Yeah, I mean, I felt very pleased with myself when I discovered things like you know, WP Scan and I subscribed so I could get this information. But what I realised is that it's partly helpful in learning maybe there were certain types of plugins like contact forms which were probably more likely to be vulnerable than other types of plugins but generally i didn't understand the the critical level of the 
security issues that are being picked up on. Mm. And I still don't think I do. So if I see there's a plugin that's had a, a long history of it, in all honesty, I, I would probably just go, oh, well, that might be one to avoid compared to another. But I've really no idea whether they might have been picked out as a plugin that's looked at quite a lot by a lot of these people who do that or how important those, uh, you know, those security leaks are. Often they're very... They're very particular, you know, you have to be a logged in user of a, of a, I don't know, a, of a certain level or something yeah. to be able to implement some of these things. So, yeah, I've realized that I don't learn much from these. I think it's a bit like my father always used to say to me, son, <clears throat> know your place. Um, in other words, <laughs> I totally get that this is not an area of expertise. Luckily, there are people like Tim Nash out there who I know. Yeah. And he is an expert in all this kind of stuff. And he he's constantly writing pieces and making sure that the world is a, is a better place. And I defer to people like him. I am an implementer in WordPress. I am not the plugin developer. I am not the, the writer of security software. I don't really understand the nuances and the machinations of how hosting truly works. That's not where I put myself and so yeah. I'm happy that other people are doing this for me. I think you and I, though, do something that helps a lot. I mean, we're aware of updating and, and uh, hardening our sites, but I think also we're quite keen to uh, find vendors that we trust and we're quite keen to install plugins that only do what we need them to do. Right. So we're not installing more code that could be vulnerable above what we need. So I think, you know, I think those are, to me have been the most important things about kind of figuring out security just keep things as simple as possible yeah i think we're done yeah i think we are I think we've, so. we've done v for vulnerabilities oh goodness me david it's almost an hour good grief where did that go to so hang on a b c d e v w yeah. w w w for wrigley or warmsley <laughs> oh yes I forgot me yeah let's do you so you're going to tell us we're going to lie you down on a couch in the next episode and tell us about your father that kind of thing no what are we really doing we don't have, we're not sure we're doing, are we but we've kind of settled on something have we yeah we're doing but no we're okay with this we're doing writing oh. which because right. we can't have beef for blogging yes. and that's what wordpress was made for so we're doing writing and then should we because that's going to be our penultimate one of this series yeah but hold on a minute w x y z there's three letters of the alphabet left i know x y z we're going to do them all together you're cheating now yeah. It's just blatant <laughs> cheating. Yeah, honestly, try to get X, Y, Z into three episodes, no chance. So we're gonna we're gonna do writing in the next one, and then we're gonna wrap up with X, Y, Z, and then Indeed. in the X, Y, Z episode, we'll probably say a bit more about what we're gonna do after that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. That was great. Lovely. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. Always very nice chatting to David about these things. We've got just a small amount of content in the A to Z of WordPress coming up. That'll be in a couple of weeks' time. I'm not 100% sure. I might actually not put the podcast out during the Page Builder Summit because it seems almost like there'd be too much going on for me that week. But uh, speaking of the Page Builder Summit, as I said at the beginning, head over to pagebuildersummit.com starting on the 18th of October, going through the, to the 22nd of October. 2021, 40 plus guests talking about all things page buildery. No matter which one you're using, there'll be something for you to learn. And there's quite a bit of content about blocks as well. So you can get all of that pagebuildersummit.com and look at the schedule. That'd be forward slash schedule and get yourself signed up and get your free ticket. Okay, that's all I've got for you this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. I'm going to fade in some pretty cheesy music and say, we'll see you at the summit. Bye bye for now. Thank you.